in reality that you have to remember in order for you to make money at photography, okay, mm -hmm. you have to do the list. You have to do the workshops, the YouTube, the prints, and the competitions. Mm -hmm. But you have to be good. It all comes together. You yeah. have to be a good photographer. People have to want to come on these workshops because you take good pictures. Yeah. Welcome everyone to episode 28 and we have a slightly different setup than usual as the handsome Irish Ross Eagleshan that normally joins me is staring into my eyes right in front of me because he is with me in person. This is so weird. I can actually, I can actually touch you. I can actually, <laughs> I can actually prod you. Get, get away. As you said last night. This is, no, this is weird. This has already got weird. We'll start again. Start again, please. No, no, again. no, no, not at all, not at all. <clears throat> Ross is, um, Ross has come north. He's up in Aberdeenshire with me. Um, he's going to be helping me photograph a wedding tomorrow. So we thought, you know what, let's do a podcast in yeah. person, set it all up. First of all, I'll apologize for the audio if it's really echoey. We are in my living room at the moment because my office isn't set up yet. So it's a bit sparse. There's nothing on the walls and it's creating a bit of an echo. But it's so. full of boxes and crap. So it, <laughs> it probably isn't that echoey, to I'm be honest. Sorry, no, it's, been, it's been a whole week of trying to sort out this house. We've had to completely paint it white. Ross looked around and you can see it's all white, where before it was magnolia and it's it's just been absolutely... I hate it. I hate it. So we thought we would do a podcast together and we are going to be discussing landscapes. Indeed. Yeah. So we've got a couple of topics that we're going to cover today, uh, but we're going to do a quick catch up. And Ross, what's your catch up? What have you been doing? Yeah. So I, I, I kind of talked about this in the last um, wedding podcast and mentioned in my catch up from there what I've been doing, where I've been. Um, I've been on holiday and I've been in Italy um, traveling around and I find it really, really difficult, um, really difficult to get. I basically went to Italy with um, the goal in mind to take two printable photographs. I wanted to take two images that I would be happy to hang on my wall of, of landscapes, not, not, not portraits, not of people in the streets, not of anything to do with, you know, the, the, I wanted two lovely, gorgeous landscape photos, ideally one of Venice and one of Tuscany, the two main places we were, and can I swear? No, I'm not going to swear. It was very difficult. <laughs> um, it, going on holiday to take photos don't, doesn't, they don't, the two things don't really mix. When I went to Norway and was going on a, a kind of traveling adventure expedition and taking photographs, that worked fine. That wasn't a problem at all because, you know, I could stop. We were in, we were in the environment. We were in the mountains. We were climbing every day. We were, we had time at night to just wander off my own. Basically, I didn't have a girlfriend with me, um, <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know whether, it, but it's just really, really difficult to get something you're happy with, but also get the balance of being in a relaxing place, enjoying the nice prosecco, the nice pizzas, the pastas, the ambiance, the Venice, etc., which is stunning. Lovely, absolutely loved it to bits. But getting the photographs was not difficult. It was was very difficult, sorry. And it's made me realise how tricky it is when you see some of the images, and we're going to talk come to this in a wee bit later on, when you see some of the images that people put in different places, whether it's online or in competitions, etc., it actually it's really, really tough taking those images. And actually when they look as 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 kind of stunning as they do, they then I, I almost give them more respect for that because I, I now know how difficult it is standing in the Rialto Bridge in Venice. You've been to Venice? No. Nope. 
standing in the Rialto Bridge in Venice, um, which is a kind of one of the main attractions on the main river that, that snakes its way through Venice towards St. Mark's Square. Um, it's where everybody goes. I managed to put my tripod down and just kind of stuck up the legs out and nobody was kind of going to move me. And that was fine. Um, but even just the things like we went round at half eight at night, we'd missed sunset by maybe five minutes. Whereas usually if you're going there with a specific goal to take a photo, you would go maybe an hour before, yeah. stand waiting. It, it, it was just really difficult. So, so my landscape goals of Venice have been quite disastrous, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, I have some gorgeous portraits of my girlfriend in Venice with lovely background um, light, gorgeous light, etc. coming in. But then by the time we moved from having dinner round to one of the other parks, we thought we were going to take take the kind of the standard shots down the um, looking down the, the main river. It just it just didn't work. Um, yeah, and then Tuscany was Tuscany was good. The Tuscany we had a massive, mega, crazy, stupid lightning storm. It woke us up at four in the morning, and I've, um, it's really weird looking at you. I mean, can you just look at the screen? Talk. I think yeah. we should both just look at the screen like we're doing this normally. <laughs> It'd be interesting to hear, actually. I was thinking this when we were doing this. It would be interesting to hear from people yeah, on the podcast. Three hours every uh, second Tuesday just to do this with you. Yeah, yeah. But it'd be interesting to see if it's any different. Different interaction. Yes. Because we see each other. And you're smiling in a weird way. How are you doing? <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> right, so... Um, so thunderstorms. Thunderstorms. Yeah. Thunderstorms. But I did manage to photograph lightning for the first time. Did I share that in the group? No. Oh. I don't think so. Oh, you did. I didn't pay attention. It's on Instagram. It's not on the group, maybe. I'll maybe share that at some point. Um, it was quite a cool photo and a fun experience to photograph. And Susie was on her iPad trying desperately to get a shot with her iPad, which I was finding amusing because I was doing thirty. I was doing thirty second exposures with my camera and a tripod, and she was pressing the speed burst function, trying to catch a bit of lightning. I was, I was like, that's, that's not going to work. Dear. How funny would it be if it did work? Oh yeah, no, Raging. yeah, I would have been. Yeah, well. Yeah. I would have been. The video did work, but, but I got some cool photos of the lightning, which 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 worked pretty well. But um, I don't know about printing those because they're a lot of black because it's obviously nighttime. Um, so that's my kind of struggles with 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 trying to get something that I loved, and maybe it comes from maybe having too high an expectations of Italy. Um, absolutely loved it. There's no, yeah, I, I don't want that to come across the wrong way. It's just going with a phot- photographic interest in mind. It's not easy combining the two, yeah, um, at all, and I, I did really struggle with that. So I'll maybe post. I'll definitely post the lightning photo. I have it on my phone actually, so I can do that tonight, maybe, and um, or when we when we put this podcast out, maybe it can be the, the yeah, picture for the, picture, yeah. for the thing. Because um, so yeah, that's kind of my catch up. Because obviously we were actually saying this earlier on. It's difficult at this time of year because it's a lot of weddings and there's not a huge amount of landscape going yeah. on. Um, but then again, in the winter time it may flip completely the other way around. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's very difficult to me to think about doing landscapes this time of year. I, I really should utilize the summer months for planning what's going to be happening after wedding season finishes. Yeah. I've wedding right up until December this year. Yeah. Uh, also, I'm away for a month in the Faroes for the workshops and two weddings and stuff. So it's, it's, I should be planning, but I think with the house move and everything's been going on, I'm not thinking about it. And my, my kind of motivation and, whole landscape love is is gone it's it's completely it's not there i mean you know we've had some phenomenal sunsets this last couple of weeks and and i just absolutely no desire whatsoever Mm. to because i'm sitting here editing or emails or whatever and it's 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 been very difficult but i've really got to think because i'm away from middle of september until 
almost the end of October, actually. Um, and I have days, I have weeks where I'm, I'm free, but we're running two workshops uh, as well as two weddings. Uh, you need to do it in selfie mode, mate. Maybe you can take a picture. There you go, sir. There you go, take a break, there's a break there. Um, so, yeah, I've got a really good start planning, but right now just my whole brain just seems to only be able to consume on one thing at once, which is which You is are landscape. creative, to be fair. I can understand how your brain can't really... That's really hard slagging you off to your face. <laughs> I feel really bad. Usually, usually, it's harsh. Fine. Usually, it's fine at the other end of a computer. I can slag you off, no bother. Yeah, but right to my face. That's uh, harsh. Terrible, it's, terrible. it's a bit too personal. I'll, I'll look at the floor for a while. <laughs> um, so, what's your catch up, James? Have you, yeah. have you had any? I know you're just saying motivationally. Motivational catch up is, is nothing. I am starting to slowly put together the plan for um, my trip September to October. Um, so, that's. How far in advance are you? I mean, so you've, you're booking accommodation. You're doing all of it yourself mm-hmm. mostly, aren't you? And then you're hiring the guide separately. So how far in advance are you having to do all that? Like so flights come out when? Flights flights were all booked about three months ago. Oh, wow. Because um, okay. we get a good deal. Actually, we've got a free flight, which is even better because I've got so much points. Um, and um, what else am I planning? The house is already pre-booked because uh, we know the owners and we've mm-hmm. done a good deal mm-hmm. same with the car they know um, we actually had so we were only three people on this workshop originally wow. and um, two people have pulled out but they've rebooked for next year but they've pulled out but they've rebooked for next year okay. um, so we worked we worked something out there and um, so I did a bit of a last minute kind of like deal with some people to to, to come on this uh-huh. one so just yeah. to get spaces so there's a few things got to change we don't need a minibus now so it's a lot better mm-hmm. we only ever have four people anyway so we're going to see what it's like with three and if it's a lot easier just having three people would be would be amazing yeah um, do great for them as well they'll get they'll yeah get I do I do believe I understand why and we're going to come into the movie this a little bit more about workshop stuff but I understand why a lot of photographers out there want to do quantity when it comes to workshops because mm-hmm. they get more money mm-hmm. But I really think it's hard to dedicate time to that many people. I know someone like myself when I do my workshops in Scotland is a little bit different because we have our free roaming and it doesn't really make a, much of an impact. But not in the Faroes. But not in the Faroes. It's noticeable that when you're doing big workshops, if you have six to ten people in one space, it's noticed. Mm. You know, the farmers don't like it. No. You know, we've got we've got special deals with with three farmers for the land. And it's only on the condition because I'm bringing small groups, mm, yeah, you know, no more than four, five plus me. And, and they love that. So there's less damage too. Well, we were watching one of the things we're going to come on to. We were watching a, a YouTube landscape photographer, vlogger. Is that the right phrase? Yeah. Something like that. You Horrible get a phrase, vlog. Um, although we were going to do a vlog, a vlog, a vlogcast. A vlogcast. A vlogcast. Vlog vlog um, we were going to record it, but we don't, but, you don't want to see our faces. No, no, not at all. Plus, no, you just don't want to see that. Um, yeah. So, but this guy had taken people to the Pharaohs. We'll get onto it in a wee bit, but he had, what, 12? Maybe, I maybe 15. I, I think I, I heard rumours that there were 17 people yeah, originally, but lot. I don't know if they split that between two weeks, two groups. But it looked a lot. It looked on, a lot. On a, on a small I, island, on a very, not a precipice, but on a, looked like a word. precarious. Oh, too big for Too big yeah, wow. um, Dangerous. Yeah. On a dangerous... Um, oh, here we go. That's fine. We've 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 got our second podcast uh, getting arranged, perhaps now as well. Um, so yeah, the, on that part of the land that looked pretty dodgy, basically. Yeah, it did. It not did. And you see how they're all huddled together for that one spot, mm-hmm. taking it. So if you have a large group and they all want to photograph one location, you're not going to get the time that you want to spend. But if you have 
three or four people there, you will. And yes, it means that some workshops are a little bit more expensive because there's less people, but I understand why they do it. I just don't like the idea of having six people uh, in one location. It was bad enough when I was with, you know, the guys from before the workshop, the, one, the, ones, the ones we will not talk about, the ones we will not talk about, you know, and there was, you know, the, the workshop attendees, they were amazing, they were great, but then you had the workshop attendees plus me, plus those two, but a lot of people. Yeah. So, you know, I, I just think keeping it low numbers is important. I think workshops, I understand from a business point of view why they'll have six to 10 people, but me personally, I'd rather spend less money and have yeah no less, I, and, spend, and more money sorry and, and less people there it's the same with um, I know we're not really talking about the weddings but wedding workshops sometimes you'll get 15, 20, 30 people on one workshop photographing one model or yeah, one self I don't get that work, and I'm, I don't want to be spending £2,000 for a workshop where I'm having to fight to get a composition yeah so. no, that doesn't make sense doesn't make sense at all um, have you caught up is that you caught up yeah I'm caught up so my moan's over your mom's your mom was very short. Yeah. This so to 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 be completely brutally honest, this was originally going to be a wedding um podcast, but thing life things get in the way, and our guest has been sidetracked by her family. However, she's just uh, got in touch, and we may be going to do that one just after this. But we're going to do this one. It's going to be we've we've been thinking of of ways of if it's possible to actually make money from landscape photography. Yeah, and how, are there any avenues that are worth exploring for anyone in the group or anyone out there who has just discovered the group? Mm-hmm. Um, is there or are there any <clears throat> ways of making tangible cash, not Ching. exposure, not um, free crap, actual money that, that comes into your bank account? Um, is there any way of making money from a landscape photography? Um, are there ways? And and we've managed to come up with what have we got here? Four ways we think. James is looking sceptical about at least two of them. Yeah. Um, but we're going to go through them. We've actually discussed one of them in great, in great depth in another episode, so that'll uh, shorten that wee bit. But what do you – well, we're going we're gonna to start with the first one because it leads on from what you were just talking about, yeah. James. So you want to start off because I've really not got much knowledge in this area. Yeah. So workshops. So workshops are probably the biggest revenue that a photographer will make money from. You think so? Yeah, I think so. I think profit-wise – No, certainly no. not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, not, or number two? Nope, 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 nope. I think I think number one, and you'll probably find is where a bulk where where a lot of people get the money from. The thing is, we the first thing we have to understand, and this is something that I have kind of been struggling with a little bit in terms of making money from landscape photography. So, as you know, I do weddings. I would love to also be a full time a landscape photographer, but it is incredibly difficult. The one thing that we have to remember that if we want to make a living from landscape photography is we've got to be good. There is a lot of photographers, and I'm not naming names. I'm not saying anyone in particular or anything like that. But <laughs> you're trying not to. There is a, there is a lot of photographers out there that run workshops, that do YouTube channels, that try to sell the prints. And I'm just ruining my list. And they're and, just gone through three quarters of my list in one go. And, they're failing because because they're not good. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sounds okay. harsh. So it's but, but, it's but, yeah. harsh, but it is. But in well, reality, what, what we just we're not going to say who it was. But no, what, no, no. What we just. But then, was... in in reality, that you have to remember, in order for you to make money at photography, okay, mm-hmm. you have to do the list. You have to do the workshops, the YouTube, the prints, 
and the competitions. Mm-hmm. But you have to be good. It all comes together. You yeah. have to be a good photographer. People have to want to come on these workshops because you take good pictures. Yeah. This is something that I personally feel that I'm lacking. I get people telling me I take good pictures, but I don't see it. I don't feel it. And I think that my workshops are really not standing out as much because maybe my pictures are not as good as a lot of other photographers out there that are doing the same thing. Does that make sense? It does. I mean, it's... Uh... If you're a chef, right? Yeah. And you run a restaurant. Okay. If your food is good, people will come. If your food is crap... Yeah, you're not going to win a Michelin star serving... Correct. You know, but if you do win match, but, but if you do win a Michelin star, then people let's say Michelin star is like yeah. landscape photographer of the year, you know, yeah, then you're just going to be inundated, you know. Yeah. But then you again, know? you're not going to win landscape photographer of the year without entering. This is true. So you're not going to get your Michelin star without trying to make Correct. that type of food, you know. And the, the exemptions of like YouTube. So a lot of people think that YouTube's the first place that you should go, mm-hmm. you know, to make money. There is exemptions like. Thomas Heaton and, and Nick Page, they got in there early. They yeah. got in there yeah. early days. That's one of the reasons why they're so popular. Thomas Heaton's a good photographer, but I wouldn't say he's a world-class award-winning photographer. Maybe because <laughs> world-class award-winning photographers don't really go on YouTube. They don't. Because they don't. I mean, you, the, the episode we had with... Yep. With... Oh, my goodness. The edge, edge, edge photography. Oh, with Scott. Scott, yeah, thank Scott. you from the edge photography where he does all his international competitions and yeah. judging and blah, 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 and all the amazing stuff he did, which was fantastic and really, really interesting. He's not got a YouTube channel no. because he doesn't really need to explore that avenue of things. And why, you know, it, yeah, it, it's see, see for me, like I've, I've done, I've been doing workshops and courses for nine years now. Mm-hmm. Okay. So since my very first one was nine years ago, the last couple of years, my, my time has been consumed by running workshops one-to-ones things like this i'm not doing my own landscape i'm not taking my own pictures yeah and because i'm not taking my own pictures i'm having to rely on old stock pictures sometimes or very rarely do i get any new ones that i'm really happy with Mm -hmm. so for me i need to readjust i need to look at my own landscape and spend a little bit more time perfecting my craft Mm -hmm. and and taking better better pictures if you take great pictures people love it They'll want to come on workshops. They'll want to know how you take these pictures. They'll want to know about the locations. It's one of the reasons why my fairies, uh, fair islands workshops, they aren't workshops. Well, they're work. They're adventures. Because you're not here to really learn. Well, that's that was my second. I'm a guide. I'm here to show you these locations, but I am here on hand to give you advice to help with compositions and things like that. That was my uh, splitting the workshops. You can split it into two. You can split it into basically guiding, like you're yeah. saying, or is it an instructional workshop? Is yeah. it you are going to be taught X, Y, and Z on this workshop? You're going to be taught composition, yeah. shutter speed, you know, framing or filters or whatever. Yeah. You know, are what are you going to be doing? Yeah. And it's, I would say that someone who's probably wanting to learn the basics is unlikely to spend between two and four thousand pounds going to the Faroe Islands. Yeah. To do that, they'll they would do a day instruction with you, which costs sort of 180, 200 quid or whatever. Mm-hmm whatever it was, or is, and then then they may further down the line go to the fairway yeah. and and do which is what's happened. And which which, that, yeah. which is what you which is what you want to really have. Because you probably yeah. don't want to be standing on the edge of a cliff somewhere with sixty mile an hour winds trying to hold on to your camera gear, <laughs> telling someone what the, the M on the camera yeah. does and so on and so forth. So yeah, that makes that does make sense. So you you think that the number one way of making good money is workshops? I think I think so. I think from a business point of view, profit margin wise, 
workshops would be the bulk of your 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 income. So if I can ask you, and we're not going to go into because we we did go into the depth of money with the mm-hmm. wedding photography, and I have had a wee bit of feedback from some people. Most people thought it was it was it was good, but some people said it was a wee bit too heavy with the numbers. So I'm just kind of asking you general questions, not 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 for specifics. So let's say you had uh, four people on a workshop. Yep. Um, and I mean, even ca- can you answer, can you say what you would expect to make in a ballpark at the end of that figure? Or do you want to say that? Or is that something that's, would you, would you be making so, yeah, so, three figures, four figures? What's um, the, probably the four, four figure, four yeah. figures. So the thing is you've got to remember the workshops is ideally from one workshop with four people, I'll make a four figure sum. Okay. But then I have to put some of that away for the risk factor. So, for instance, the workshop that I have in in October, mm-hmm. two people pulled out. Yeah, but they now, paid some sort of they deposit. They paid deposit the towards it, yeah. That's the, that's, and they've, yeah, so they've, you still get deposit, but deposit's not enough to cover their the flight cost. Probably, or, yeah. yeah, so the thing is you've got to remember is you've got to have risk money. So you've got to put money aside. Rephrase that. You should put money aside. Well, it's a contingency. Just thing. in case. It's so a contingency. Yeah. You know, worst case scenario, I have one person still left in that workshop. I'm still going to run it. Oh, you have to. Even though yeah, I'm going to run it at a loss, but the overall, I will make money from the profit from the last one. So you've got to think about that. Marketing's a big thing. Oh, my word. I mean, I think I'm, my fairies workshop adventure, I'm probably shelling about 150, 200 pounds a month alone just on Google advertising for wow. the workshop. Yeah. Just to advertise, just to promote it. That's you know, a, yeah, that's a whole so lot. you've got that figure, and then you've got insurances. So as soon as I put in workshop that I run workshops, my insurance goes mm-hmm. right up because they're they're imagining you've got people correct dangling over exactly. the cliff. People are going to die yeah. or whatever, yeah. get injured and things like this. You know, and then you've got the food cost of uh, running the workshop. You've got the car hire, the fuel, you know, the accommodation. So it adds up. So yeah, you know, yeah. from from each person. Without adding all that, you're looking to make a you know a good a good profit from it, but the actual overall profit margin, like the good return profit margin, I'm just my words here. It's all right, you've only got is two cups of tea. Coffee. coffee. It's I think it's decaf. But um it's it's not as much as it could be. Yeah, but it's still you know? decent. Uh, you know It is still decent. It's it's I would agree, yeah. Now now from what you've said, I would say that Certainly, with a lot less. Oh no, he's writing me a note now. Uh, yeah. So with a lot less, with a lot less risk involved, or not let, not not risk, but um, it's a lot less. Things can go wrong. Like if you're yeah. if you're selling prints, which we've we've already covered in another podcast, or you're doing YouTube channels, etc., competitions. It's it's certainly got the most amount to be able to come away with. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. Yeah. However, you've got because we're going to come on to number three in a minute. You can't just randomly, or you shouldn't be able to. I don't believe you should be able to just randomly say, "I'm going to start running a workshop." Yeah, you have to have the background in the area. You have to have the background in the. Well, you have to, as you say, you 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 claim that you don't have good um, landscape photos of the pharaohs, which is utter bollocks because you do. But, <laughs> I've got um, some, yes, but there's a lot better. Out but, yeah, well, that's just that's just subjective. But yeah, you you have to have that background and the the abilities, the skills, and the kind of talent etc in the first place to yep. be able to then say okay i feel as though i can actually put a, a, a podcast a podcast <laughs> uh i'm reading your oh you're just making changes um I just remember something. A, wor- a workshop on uh, in, in a certain location yeah number well you've written down number two in this order yeah you can change the, it if you well, want the thing is i believe the next the, the, the number two thing we wanted to talk about does lead on from that but 
I think the next thing in order of making money, actually, to be honest, the thing that's going to be in the order of making money is probably Prince next. You think? Well, purely I'm going to explain myself. So we've got Prince, YouTube, workshop and competitions. Yeah. Workshops, we agree, number one way of making money, as long as you can get to that point in your career yeah. that you can put on a workshop. But how do you get to that? How do you get to that point? You career? have to start with Prince. Yeah, you think you have to start with Prince? Well, you yeah. can't start. The thing is, with a YouTube channel, again, you don't start with 10,000 subscribers in a YouTube channel. You've had yeah. a YouTube channel for a couple of few years on and off you've not, <laughs> yeah. you've not really dedicated maybe perhaps the amount of time that you need it's so time consuming it is it's insane how time consuming it is yeah but you have to put an awful lot of time and effort into your yeah. channel but then once a YouTube channel becomes big yeah that's probably going to eclipse your workshops yes potentially on a, on a very regular basis I have some numbers that I can go into in a wee bit just mm-hmm. vague numbers from things I, I think initially the next thing would be prints because that's the easiest way of just having lots of high, not high volume, but a few things, just maybe 100, 150, mm-hmm. 200 pounds here and there everywhere, taking over maybe, you know, a thousand pounds every couple of months or whatever. Mm-hmm. If, if you can make a few sales here and there, I would say prints would be the next thing that would bring you in some money. Okay. So my, my question is to you, oh dear, you right? And this is to everyone in the group. Okay. So everyone on the group is into landscape photography. Answer this. When was the last time you bought a landscape picture by another photographer? Yeah, but you're asking a bunch of photographers that. Yeah, but people, photographers appreciate that. I've bought other landscape photographers' okay. work. I see a photograph that I absolutely love, and I've, I've bought it. To be know? fair, I bought a canvas painted, canvas pr- uh, paint painting in Venice mm-hmm. because I couldn't take a photo of it. And I <laughs> and I loved the, we walked past these little stalls with all the all the guys doing their, doing their kind of, artistry stuff with the yeah. paintings and I thought they're absolutely fantastic I, I I see what you mean but I, I just prints are definitely in there yeah we've, we've done a whole it was I think it was Scott Campbell who asked originally about selling prints and we went into it in quite a lot of detail yeah we did try to find what episode that was um, and we failed miserably yeah so if you want to hear that you'll have to listen to all of the podcasts yeah exactly. to get to that one um, but Scott did ask one day about pricing prints and how do you do a print do you do large amounts of do you do like a thousand order yeah and then do high run. yeah high run with with low price or do you want to go for like a run of like 25 prints and limit edition them and charge a little bit more etc so we have gone into that and um, and although i think that's a way of making not quick and easy money but certainly small amounts of money at the it start yeah at the other end of that you've then got youtube yes because I, I don't, this is not to do with photographers, but I've watched a couple of different people. It's become quite popular on YouTube nowadays to do a money, a video about making money on YouTube. Yep. And, and I've, I've watched a couple of them. One of them had, so basically a, a YouTube channel with 10,000 subscribers. Mm-hmm. Um, now, just as a frame of reference, we were just checking out Thomas Heaton and he had how many again? 400,000. Just, yeah, something like that. So, yeah. so lots. Yeah. Um, you know, other 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 kind of YouTube channels are available, but mm-hmm. um, you know that gives you an idea. But the the one I was watching was a golf YouTuber, and he had about ten thousand subscribers. Uh, his advertising now he uploads videos daily, mm-hmm. twelve to ten to twelve minute videos daily, uh, getting on average anything from a few hundred to a few thousand views on on the videos per day, and he was coming away with about four to five hundred dollars per month. Yep of ad revenue and um, so that gives you an idea if you can get a youtube channel a photography youtube channel 
uh, that's getting somewhere in the region of 10,000 subscribers. However, not to point this out to be too harsh, mm-hmm. how many subscribers did you have on your channel? <laughs> Uh, about 300 I think yeah. but I've changed things over because I've moved I've started up a new channel yeah you do that a lot that's, that's... I, I had to one of the reasons why, wait, the original channel was James Kelly photography James yeah. Kelly underscore photo where all my landscape is and then just you became James a Colombian King. photographer and had to start that one up as well yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes Colombian well, my, my point is that even if you combined all of your YouTube channels together you probably would you maybe have a thousand yeah, yeah, probably about that. And, and yeah. that's, that's, that's nowhere nothing. near the level. It's nothing. Of, it's not even enough to monetize no. it. I think you need to be over, I think you need to be over 5,000 now to monetize it, to be able to make, to put the adverts on it, to make money. So, no, I think it's only 1,000. Is it only 1,000? I, I, I think it's only 1,000. I think it might have increased it. I don't know. But oh, it, really? it's, 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 you need to put a lot of effort into, into YouTube, certainly, to be able to. But then all of a sudden, this because you you have a ceiling with your workshops. Yeah. You probably can't charge more than four grand a workshop. No, I would never do that. Because, no, yeah, because yeah. people aren't going to buy it. Yeah. Whereas on YouTube, you, you really do have the sky's your limit type thing yeah. where you can, you can have a video go viral and you can be making a couple of thousand pounds from one video, potentially, yeah. if, if, if it happens. Here we go. So um, it says, when you reach 10,000 subscribers, you can expect to make 100 to 300 per sponsorship so some per yeah. five and expect a hundred dollars plus per youtube ad but it doesn't really say it's good. first hundred thousand subscribers i can uh, i can link into the show notes there's two videos i've watched there was there's one chap who's a, a very british very english gentleman he has he's quite geeky glasses he just reviews items around the home that's his youtube channel it's okay. just random crap in mm-hmm. your in your home he reviews it um, and he did this video on how much money I make from YouTube, and it and YouTube featured it, and it went it went bonkers. It had about two and a half million views in total. Yeah, and and so and it, his subscribers went through the roof. And then because I watched that video, obviously you get other videos that come up like it. And I came across a golf photographer person that I was talking about, so I can link those two if mm-hmm. people want to watch them and see how they explain the numbers. Mm-hmm. Because I don't have a YouTube channel, so you know I, I can't really fully go into it in that much detail. But approximately those are the numbers per month. Yeah. Was, was what they were saying. So, prints, YouTube, and workshops we've discussed. But see, the thing is, I, I had this discussion with someone recently regarding prints. I can't remember who it was, actually. Someone asked me, someone asked me about, about prints, about my prints, and, you know, how many do I sell, or this sort of stuff. And I don't, I've never, I've never really been able to sell good volume of my prints. Every now and then, yes. And then you got to argue, we discussed it about the price. Do you yeah. go high, do you go low, do you go volume? print to order this sort of stuff and it's really difficult and i should really pull my finger out and do it more and ross you can see behind it see those boxes all over there yeah that's half oh, of the boxes with yeah. prints in them and frames in them i'm about to there sell are, them all there are at least oh, a dozen there's, there's the, yeah, there's the back, yeah. dozen in the back yeah i can see so i've got i've got heaps of it and i'm literally about to go on facebook and sell them Dirt cheap, just yeah, to get rid of them. Just to get rid of them. Just yeah. get rid of even the framed well, they're ones. Dead, they're dead stock. I don't exactly. Mean, I don't mean to no, no, them, but they, they are, are. But they're, they're all prints. Yeah. They're all pictures. So I'm just going to sell them nice and cheap to get mm-hmm. rid of them, and then really start looking at at doing it. I mean, I would love to have a book. I'd love to eventually do a book. That's kind of my goal for when I'm like fifty is mm-hmm. to produce a, a big book of of my work, you know, and and hopefully be good enough to sell it. Yeah. That's the But I do think, I do think that my, I'm not really out there taking pictures and I think that has had a knock on effect. So if people are out there doing landscape, you've got to get consistency. You've got to be out there taking good pictures. Even if you can produce one or two a month, Mm -hmm. what difference that makes. The other thing that we were going to talk about at the start was what James had posted 
uh, question of the day a couple of days ago. Uh, just see if I can find it here and get the, the responses from it about competitions. Where was it, James? Mm-hmm. No, career photography. You'd ask someone about competition. Here we are. Uh, do you do you enter scared of entering blah blah blah, blah. and I was a bit of a, a dick apologies everyone I posted some medals that I'd won um, years ago in photography competitions but you can't really I mean the, 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 the cream of the crop of the of the landscape photography competitions is probably Scottish landscape photographer of the year the the prize for that's 10 grand mm-hmm. Now Robert Fulton, we had a we had a talk at our camera club a few years ago by, from Robert Fulton, and I thought, being someone who wasn't particularly into landscapes at the time, I'm not going to really like this. I went along anyway, and I absolutely loved it. The way he spoke about it was amazing. He explained how and what and why and everything he did about it. And James now frantically googling Robert Fulton. You know, you know who Robert Fulton is. No, you you will have heard of him. You'll have seen his if you Google Robert uh, uh, Robert Fulton, um, not Fullerton. Fulton, F O F U L T O N, I think it is. Um, if you, he has a very famous shot of a tree uh, in the snow that won him the Scottish Landscape Photographer of the Year. That one there. Oh yeah, that nice shot. Picture. That shot's uh, that one in uh, Landscape nice Photographer of the Year. Okay. He he then oh, subsequent website. He then subsequently went to um, Dubai yeah. for another competition where he'd entered. A shot from you. So basically, he took the 10 grand from Scottish Landscape Photographer of the Year. He then went to Yosemite mm-hmm. on a trip, and he just that's just what he basically put the money towards to go to Yosemite a Park, National Park. And he then shot stuff in the geysers, the, in the snow, in the, mm-hmm. the steam, in the mist, and stuff. And he then went to another competition in um, Dubai, it was somewhere in the Middle East, I think it was Dubai um, or Abu Dhabi, and he won that as well with another shot from there. So mm-hmm. he actually kind of came away from from those sets of competitions with somewhere in the region of 20 to 25 grand's worth yeah. of prizes. But his photography is, is, is stunning. It's, it's absolutely brilliant. And he was really interesting to listen to and, and to hear from. Yeah. So at that end of things, yeah, you can, you can do pretty bloody well from mm-hmm. landscape photography competitions. However, I, I know, for example, some of the images that, that James, James has got on the screen for us to look at, I know that he's taken one of them in particular, which hasn't come up yet. Um, took him four years to take it mm-hmm. because he needed the snow and the re- that, not that one. That's the one that. that that's but the I can relate to that. It's on the pitch I'd taken yeah. before that you've waited a that's long, long time. That's one from That's amazing. That's one from Yosemite. That might be the one that actually. We'll link this, in the we'll this link is, in the a, this is a rubbish way to do the podcast. I just realised. Hi, look at these pictures. These are great pictures. Yeah. So you can't see them, but we'll we'll, we'll share the link in there in the um, post. So yeah, landscape co- competitions can work, but. Again, it's kind of like the other things that you you have to work your way up to that. Do you think that a lot of the people who are winning landscape competitions just now are of that kind of overed, not overedited, but very manipulated? I, I'm all for it. I don't mind it when it's done right. You know, I, I do like it. But do you find that if you look at someone who wins like landscape photographer of the year? Uh-huh. Um, Scottish, I'm putting Scottish landscape photography. No, it's going to no. do the world. Um, okay. Landscape. I mean, usually, well, I know that the rules for competitions, I know for natural history, and a natural history, for those of you mm-hmm. who don't compete, is uh, nature. Yeah. So so your birds, your your, your insects, your bugs, your, yeah. your all that sort of stuff, they are not allowed to be manipulated beyond very basic adjustments. Yeah. So you're not allowed to remove a branch, you're not allowed to remove... You know, or you're not allowed to add in anything. Yeah. And 
if I might be mistaken, I'm almost certain some of the landscape photographer ones are the same. Yeah. Because there was a massive there was a massive story recently where they had uh, the winning image had been announced mm-hmm. and then it was subsequently withdrawn because they'd found the raw file to be nothing like <sighs> Yeah, that was a yeah. great shot. That was an abs that was Alan was Alan Donald. Alan Alan That one. Yeah. That, that, I just thought that was stunning. The, 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 the texture and that image. Yeah, the texture and the layers and the levels. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful. Uh, and it's a, we'll link it. We'll, we'll link I it. Know, in it's yeah. really not easy doing this, but it's. Um, I do think. I do think you can win, and you can you can definitely earn money mm-hmm. with competitions. But again, it's quite difficult to get something different. I I do judge. We we've talked about this before. I do judge locally around Glasgow and the kind of um, Glasgow wide camera club scene. The amount of times you see the booklet of more. The amount of times you see. Um, Many like Port and Cross Pier yeah. is just you see it all the time, and you need to get something different. It's not easy to do. It's not easy to get things that are. Oh, that's a stunning image as well. I love that one. Um, so it's it's not easy to get something Sorry, that's, that's actually worth going to be worth money in inverted yeah. commas. Um, I don't think. But no, I mean that is it's something that I really need to do more of is is, is enter competitions. Well, yeah, that's what I was coming to. Is you need to then. I do need to enter. I just to... my it's my confidence. My confidence is not there. I feel I don't have the images that can compete with. You know, okay, I can maybe take a picture like that. I won't mention that is the of more. Yeah, that that is yeah that is the cool and cool. Yeah, that one, um, that one. But I just I just don't get no, why. No, I don't get it. Either. You know, there's a lot. I mean, that's a lot. There's a lot better pictures out there. You know, but you know that's fine. You know, when um, you see a picture and you look at it and you go. Wow, that's amazing. But you're never going to know until you're going to put these into competitions. It's not like you're putting them to be judged live in front of you. I know. So you're not hearing why the person doesn't like it. Yeah, yeah. So I think you just need to put some stuff into some competitions. Find, find how far are we here? 40 minutes? That's perfect. Find some stuff, throw yeah. it in. And then if it wins, great. If it doesn't win, then you don't know why it didn't win because it's yeah. all subjective. Yeah. But you're also not hearing because you've had a, one particularly bad experience or one or two with people giving you critique incorrectly yeah. and quite harshly and not yeah. very nicely. True. And that has knocked your confidence, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I have had it numerous times at the camera club. Mm-hmm. And you just, I, mean, I remember I had my niece at the time taking a lovely portrait of her and I learned very quickly not to submit images you're emotionally attached to. Yeah, of course. Because yeah. you can't, it's difficult to hear someone say why they don't think it's good. Yeah. And looking at it afterwards, he, everything you said was correct, but I still find it really hard to hear that, that they didn't like it. Yeah, yeah so, no, I understand. So you, you put things into competitions where you're not hearing the feedback, you're just going to be told whether it's yes or no, it's good or bad. Yeah. I need yeah. to do more. There's my goal for the rest of the day. Indeed, I think we should. Needs to do more. You need to enter more. I need to take more. Yeah. And then maybe be able to enter at some point. Should cool. we have a look at some questions quickly? Cool, yes. We, we do have some questions We have as well our questions coming through on, Facebook. On the group, which is good. Facebook good, 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 and the Facebook. Here we go. So do we have it? So James wasn't particularly specific, which is... Yeah, just, well, Stephen Van El will answer your question on the wedding one. you have to wait until the next episode to listen to Indeed. that. Uh, um, Sean... Sean was good, you know, this, this, he's talking about editing son. I'm assuming he is meaning more towards, you know, portrait and wedding, but it's true. Finding your style, same with landscape is very difficult. It's very difficult to, you know, do you go with something that you like or do you go with a style that's very popular right now? Yeah. You know, and this is what you've got to be, you've got to be very careful with, you know, for me, you should find a style that you like, you love, 
try lots of different um, editing techniques. You know, he's a, he's asking here about um, presets along. Um, I'm a big lover of presets, but I never add them to my landscape. No, I would so, I would try and start at a landscape. It depends. Yeah. It depends how you if you're going to do a landscape in Lightroom mm-hmm. or or in straight into Photoshop with Camera Raw. Mm-hmm. Camera Raw, you, you can't have a preset. You just have to start from scratch, which yeah. is why I, kind of, I used to quite like using Camera Raw for landscape photography because. Um, it means you get you get to kind of just start with everything from the basics of what you want to do. Actually, one tip for editing I, I learned, which was absolutely fantastic. I don't think it was you, although you may correct me here. If you're in Lightroom and you press Shift, mm-hmm. and then you press the exposure key or, or shadows highlights, whatever it is, it'll black the image out, but mm-hmm. then show you where the highlights are. Oh, so yeah. you can move the, the sliders up or down, obviously, uh-huh. to show you, James. Now, don't, te- don't test it because I don't know if it's. I'll, I'll double check and add it to the show yeah. notes again. I think it's if you press shift and then and start moving the thing, the whole screen goes black and then it'll, it'll it's almost like a mask is over, but it'll give you the point where the, the highlights will blow. Yeah, yeah. Or the shadows get blocked. And that sometimes can be a good way of making sure everything at both ends, which in a, in a wedding image, I mean, you're not. My wedding photography style is very much blow the highlights and just have nice light around the person. But in, in landscapes, that doesn't really work. No. And you do have to have everything correctly exposed, yeah. in my opinion. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's maybe a wee tip. Good one here from Darren. Uh, for landscape, uh, if it's landscape night tonight. Which it is. Which it is. Uh, what do you do when you arrive at your location? The sky is a blanket of cloud, total whiteout, no definition. Or What's all. the Scottish word for that, James? Because so, of a D. What? What? Dreech. 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 Dreech when it's wet. When it's wet. It's not really dreech. crappy and rubbish. And just, yeah, you know, but not, not if it's bad. Oh. So depending if you have looked at your your weather maps and it tells you it's going to be cloudy or if it's going to change, it looks like it's going to change, light cloud potential gaps, then I would stay. If it's not, I'm going back to my bed. Yeah, I would as well. I mean, yeah. unless you've got the... I would, I would usually, to be fair, depends what time you get there. I would wait until my watch says yeah. that sunset has or has not happened or sunrise has happened, at least in case you have that one fragment of cloud that breaks through and the sun bursts through it and just sets the whole place pink. Yeah. Because you'd be raging if you're mm-hmm. driving away and in the rearview mirror you see... <sighs> That's happened so many times. <laughs> Lazy uh, slam my, back to bed. Slam my brakes on and you turn the car. Take a quick snap. Yeah. Yeah, go back. I, I would, yeah, I would, I would probably go back to bed as well. Yep. But double, maybe just wait until actually. The, I would give it some time. Yeah, and it depends on the way how the weather reports are saying as well. Because so. realistically, what what's the sake of ten minutes if you've gone to the hassle of getting to somewhere? Yeah, um, and did the way Darren sort of said it, I was passing a cool spot a few days ago by chance. So he's he's obviously yeah yeah he's but the bright white sky killed it for me. So just go back. Just but you know just, what? Just incorporate it. Like find something. So if you've got a bright sky, it's boring. Yeah. So if you you seen pictures where there's like a hillside with a tree standing out and blue sky behind it, mm-hmm. but the tree breaks it up. The tree. But yeah. you could do the same with a white sky. with a white sky. Yeah. You know, you could do the same with cloud and just find some way to kind of let it stand out. So it kind of comes down to what Alistair said before in, in podcasts is that at least you're out and about. I know um, Dan yeah. says he's passing by random chance, but at least he's there with his camera. If he takes the shot and it doesn't work in black and white or it doesn't work in anything, yeah. but he knows that location exists, yeah, he's done his scouting technically for to go back at another time, get home, go on Photographer's Ephemeris or whatever app you That's want right, to use yeah, yeah. To, to find the direction of the sun at what time of year yeah. and then plan to go back. And then you can go back at another time and, and just 
be like ready, just ready to go whenever and just go back and take it and you'll get a cracking shot of and I've no doubt. Yeah. Uh, and make sure you post it in the group, please. Cool. It's everything. I think so. I think so. I think it's good. And the, it's a good time. So this, is the, this is the equivalent of our last wedding yeah. catch-up podcast. This was our kind of landscape catch-up one. Um, we wanted to talk about if you can make money from landscapes. I think we both agreed you can. You can. But it's not very easy. And if you want to, you know, you know, don't ever, don't ever let someone tell you that you can't. Yeah. You know, don't read, don't listen. If it's something that you want to do and you believe it hard enough, you can make it work. But it is a long journey. Mm-hmm. It's a very hard journey. And as long as it's not your full time, you know, you've dropped everything to go and do it. You know, there's a lot of people out there that go, I'm going to go and be a landscape photographer, quit my job. And, you know, it turns out they're actually pretty shit at it. Yeah, don't, don't, don't sell your kidney and to buy a Hasselblad um, medium format camera with James has already done that. I, I wish. I would give my kidney. <laughs> um, don't sell your children to buy, a, to buy some, Certainly sort, would. <laughs> to buy some <laughs> sort of fancy camera that you think is going to make you millions. I won't get one free. Um, <laughs> that's, that's the children, not kids. the Hasselblad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hasselblad's a price. Cool. Where can we find you on the internet? For landscapes and kind of general stuff, probably Instagram's the best place because that really is the only place I would... And it's not the right time of year for my landscape on Instagram where I do a lot of skiing and mountain-type stuff, but that will come in the, in the wintertime, obviously. Um, oh, I've booked my skiing holiday for New Year. Um, so, yeah, that's where I would that's where I would be um, found probably most easily for any landscape stuff. Uh, James, you are so again. Instagram it seems to be the place to go for everyone nowadays for for, for kind of portfolio. So you'll get me at just James K J U S T J A M E S K uh, on Instagram and the same on Facebook, just James K, and on YouTube. If you're on YouTube, type in <laughs> just James K, and you'll get me coming up there as well now. But I haven't updated in a while now. I really need to pull my finger out. But it's, it, but it's not. There. It's a hard type. Of, it's a hard time of year to do that. Um, yeah, but even still, sharing content is yeah. important. No, you know? you're right. You're right. We need to we need to do more of that. Right. Excellent. Brilliant. Well, until next time, when we will have a guest on, hopefully. Um, Sorted. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Excellent. Cheers, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.